Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman once again with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Uh, thank you for joining us and enjoying not just this show, but our plethora of programming that we provide every week. Damn, that's a lot of peace to say. Thankfully, unlike Jason Shin, I don't gotta go pee at a second story window. That's an ongoing joke with one of us, uh, one of our other podcasting uh, friends here on the network, Jason Shin, host of J Bunny's Music Hub. Anyway, um, we got a lot to talk about. We got uh, some announcements made for the this year's running of the Daytona 500. A couple of announcements made for the Indianapolis 500, which in theory is still four plus months away. Um, And we got just about a little bit of everything. But first, let's start off with a pop quiz nose. As a couple of weeks ago, Tony Stewart, who we'll talk about in this episode, uh, passed his uh, NHRA Top Fuel Drag Racing license. Uh, If Tony ever does decide to compete in the NHRA, he will be the fourth driver to ever compete in a NRA sanctioned event. Can you name the other three? And here's a hint. If you listen to last week's podcast, you'll have one of the answers. Um, Anyway, speaking of Tony Stewart, um, Jenna Fryer, we're going to kick this off in a wild one. Uh, Jenna Fryer sat down, had an interview with Tony Stewart, um, wrote, a, wrote a, a piece that, while I'm not a huge Jenna Fryer fan, uh, this was this was a well-done article, it ex- and it kind of explains a little bit of the mindset of Tony Stewart the past couple of weeks, um, with uh, the whole thing with Eldora, uh, the Bush Clash, um, his relationship with Lee Pritchard. Um, it, it is, like I said, it's very well done. Um, the Eldora thing, he gives his side of the story, like the full, his full side, and it, and it explains why Eldora is not on NASCAR's Truck Series schedule. Uh, he would, he would say in the article, because I can't quite quote him, because one, I don't have the article in front of me, I'm in the mobile studio, and more importantly, it gets long-winded. But basically, um, Tony was a little butthurt because his idea of bringing the trucks to Eldora was not only a showcase for the trucks, uh, but to show NASCAR that they can run a, eventually run a cup race on dirt. Um, Tony, who had been advocating for that for years, um, and was very successful bringing the trucks to Eldora in 2013. Um, and the trucks have had a very successful run at the the most famous dirt track in the country. Sorry, Knoxville Speedway, Eldora Beach. Um, but they would 
they would um, run a uh, that they can run this and when word got leaked that Bristol not Eldora would be getting a cup race uh, Tony had contacted NASCAR and reached out to them and asked if there was any possibility that Eldora would get one um, prior to Bristol uh, their response was not at this time and at the time that was said uh, they had the contract in hand for renewal for Eldora for the trucks uh, Tony after talking with his general managers at the track had decided to basically not renew, um, leaving the trucks to move to Knoxville Speedway. His rationale was he had done all this and they were able to facilitate the trucks, which I kind of countered with last week, um, in last week's show, but Tony held firm that he, that they could, that they were capable of holding a truck race at Eldora and would and that they they were more than capable of being able to move it up to Xfinity and Cup uh, seeing that they are able to hold uh, some of the most prestigious dirt races in the country whether it be the World 100 uh, the Dream the King's Royal um, and all NASCAR didn't see that, didn't see eye to eye on that, um, it was, it was no slight to Tony, and that, um, that they, that they decided that those three other races, which, uh, bring in more revenue for the track than the truck race, and he did, he did preface it by saying that the truck race is very successful, uh, in the eyes of fans and monetarily, it did not compete to what the King's Royal, the Dream, and the World 100 would do. Um, for the same amount of work that it does to put on those three shows that he, that they would not renew. Um, and Tony was a little butthurt, but, you know... It is what it is, especially when he looked at his numbers. It's not as successful to put in all that work for those um, those races. Uh, so he was later asked, you know, in the article, he later states that um, he has no ill will towards Knoxville getting that race, uh, getting the truck race, um, and that he. Uh, while well, he's a little butthurt, you know, I don't believe that the trucks will be uh, a lot long before we'll be seeing some kind of NASCAR racing at Eldora. That's just my opinion in some way or form. Maybe, maybe the ARCA series can race there. Um, the East and West guys, you know, put them on probably before the, the King's Royal or whatever. Uh, the, but... At this time, there's no Eldora. He was also asked um, if moving, you know, Eldora being taken off the schedule was in retaliation to um, the start of his SRX series, one of the many ventures, many, many that is listed in this article, um, that it was in retaliation to that. He said, 
not believe that. Um, and then he said if they did and they're worried about six weeks, um, then they got bigger issues to worry about. Um, so in Tony's eyes, the SRX series is no direct competition to NASCAR. Um, I think I, I do hold that to be true. So I know that wasn't what they were salty over. Uh, Tony was also a little salty towards NASCAR about um, asking if he would be eligible for the Bush Clash the, that'll be run on the road course this year at Daytona. Um, he said NASCAR had not contacted him back about his eligibility for that race. Um, but reading the eligibility rules, they would have to grant a special waiver for him where he did not where while being a former winner of the, uh, when he then won it, uh, the Bud Shootout, um, that he would uh, have to have a waiver uh, because he was not a full-time competitor in 2020. Uh, granted, if you remember correctly, he was scheduled to run uh, for Junior Motorsports in Xfinity Series at the road course at Indianapolis, but due to um, COVID, uh, his scheduling got a little messed up and he was not able to compete in that race. Uh, so that would take a little bit of work, but it, the article also focused on his relationship with Lee Pritchard. Uh, Lee, his new girlfriend, is the um, top fuel. Uh, drag racing, uh, drag racer for Don Schumacher Motorsports, the highly successful outfit over there in the NHRA. Um, Tony, uh, in the article, explained how they got together, and that was through a Zoom call with a mutual friend of theirs, drag racing legend uh, Don the Snake Prudhomme, and. Um, they found themselves together when it came to um, when COVID put all racing in downtime uh, to the point where Tony, prior to that, was attending a couple of NHRA events. He's hoping to attend some more and actually would partake in Frank Holly's drag racing school and earn that NHRA uh, competitor's license. Um, in his words, to understand her form of motorsports. Uh, and I think that's a big thing. This is this is coming from a guy who has raced everything here in the US, whether it be a NASCAR stock car, um, the World of Outlaws car, you know, quarter midgets, uh, IndyCar, where he was a former IndyCar Series champion and almost won the Indianapolis 500 on a couple of occasions. Um, you know, the, he's done everything, but to dip his toes into exploring the NHRA is something that's a whole different uh, ballpark for him. And, um, you know, while it would be really cool to see him in an NHRA event, which has not been ruled out, um, inferring uh, in the article just by reading it. Um, it's not really on his plate as he does have a very, very busy plate. Uh, he, um, 
he would also, you know, he's, besides his cup team that he co-owns with Gene Haas, Infinity Series team that he co-owns with Haas as well. He also has um, three um, racing series that he is either the owner or co-owner in. Um, the newly formed SRX, which will compete this summer um, and with our six-race schedule of racing legends. Um, he also has the All-Star uh, Sprint Car Series. like the World of Outlaws uh, and their um, their midget series that is attached to it along with being the owner of Eldora and co-owning two other tracks um, and his World of Outlaws uh, and all-star series sprint car team so he's, he's spread pretty thin and he competes all over the country uh, so I think that this is a you know, it's a lot and he, like I said, he still wants to compete in the NH, you know, he wants to go to NHRA events when his schedule allows, uh, as a spectator for Lee, and also, um, when the, when the curtain gets lifted, him being in the garage at the NH, at the NASCAR level. Um, also, he, there was, there was a lot to digest in this article, but it, it kind of gave little bit uh, into the mind of Tony Stewart um, and Tony Stewart and I will say if there is a Mount Rushmore of American racing uh, Tony would be on it uh, certainly certainly is one of the most important names in not just NASCAR but in just American grassroots racing as well so definitely gave a lot of insight into the Rushville rocket. Anyway, uh, we got some uh, news on NASCAR as we have three drivers that have been announced for the Daytona 500. Uh, the first being a driver who will be making their final Daytona 500, possibly their final career cup series start, and that is uh, Starcom Racing's general manager and former Daytona 500 winner, Derek Cope, um, will be competing for Rick Ware Racing in one of their four entries. He'll be driving the number 15 uh, Jacob Company's uh, Chevrolet uh, for the team. Uh, Cope, who won the 1990 Daytona 500, who uh, won one of probably the most unexpected wins in the history of Daytona and certainly one that Earnhardt fans will not forget as he was so close to the checkered finish before blowing a tire on the last lap and handing the lead to Derek Cope. Um, Cope pretty much rode that without one single victory and later a victory at Dover, Dover Downs um, to facilitate a rather long and lengthy career. Kopu uh, has been uh, the general manager over at Starcom Racing pretty much since their first year, uh, both as driver and GM. 
uh, we'll we'll see we'll see himself in this final ride in I believe a uncharted team if if memory serves me if um, but he but he will not be the only drive the only former Daytona 500 winner making a one-off in this year's race as Jamie McMurray will um, return from the Fox booth in a one-off ride with Spire Motorsports. In Spire Motorsports, um, they'll be running a two-car effort uh, with McMurray at Daytona along with uh, regular driver Corey LaJoy and their new co-owner, Pitbull. Yes, the music sensation who, to be honest, I don't go to the pub, so I don't know a whole lot of Pitbull songs other than the song Timber. Um, that he's featured on. I don't even know if that's right. But anyway, um, Pitbull is now, no, I take, I apologize. That's, uh, that's um, Trackhouse, which we're going to talk about in a minute with Pitbull. Um, Spire is the one that um, has the agreement with uh, Floyd Mayweather and his money racing team. But anyway, getting back to Jamie Murray, um, he retired a couple of years ago and is has been in the Fox booth for two years, but will make a return at this year's um, race with, like I said, with Spire and Advent Health, um, the healthcare organization uh, that has been a partner with him uh, going back to their Chip Ganassi days. Um, Advent will be on the side of the number 77 Chevy for McMurray and most presumably that team I don't know if it was announced in the announcement that I put it on a uh, tweet from Bob Podgrass um, but I believe that team will be getting um, resources from Chip Ganassi Racing so that, that's that, he's got a pretty good chance of making the field um Another driver that will be making a field in an open spot for the Daytona 500 is 2020 Xfinity Series champion Austin Sindrick. Uh, will be driving the Penske Motorsports number 33. Uh, no sponsor attached to that as of yet. And will um, be competing in, I believe it's five races this year. Um, starting with Daytona as he gears up to a full-time Rookie of the Year season in 2021 uh, with the Wood Brothers. Uh, the seat that's currently held by Matt DiBenedetto. So, um, there, there's certainly some really uh, big things going on there. Um, <coughs> you have um, you have all that. You also have um, as I said, Pitbull will be attached to Trackhouse Motorsports, the newly formed team with um, Justin Marks, former Xfinity Series winner and Cup Series and Arca Series regular um, as the owner, and Daniel Suarez as the driver. Uh, they will also We'll also see in a limited schedule, I've, as far as I know, it's just for Daytona, but there's been talk of other races, that Ty Dillon, a son of 
Richard Childress Motorsport, uh, grandson of Richard Childress Motorsports owner, Richard Childress, and son of RCR's general manager, Mike Dillon, um, will be competing for Gaunt Brothers Racing in the number 96 Toyota that Suarez held last year uh, for a full-time ride. Uh, Dylan will be making his first ever start in a Toyota, um, which seems a little weird considering his grandfather's team had been, sorry, having a cigarette, uh, had been one of the faces of Chevrolet's motorsports program uh, pretty much for his entire career had been so associated with toy uh, Chevrolet that um, their number three, their most famous entry, the Dale Earnhardt car and later Kevin Harvick was sponsored by um, General Motors's General Motors's um, Goodwrench uh, Service Division, and so that it, it's pretty big, but tied. Um, been shopping around for a ride for Daytona and possibly a full season. Had landed this one with Gaunt um, with backing from a longtime RCR uh, associate sponsor and um, personal friend of Richard Childress, uh, Johnny Morris, and his Bass Pro Shop stores, along with um, Black Rifle Coffee. Now, both Black Rifle and Bass Pro also sponsor um, a lot of uh, junior motorsports in particular. It sponsored they sponsor team together to sponsor um, Noah Gregson, who won last year's Xfinity race at Daytona. So this is kind of a his grandfather helped this deal, but Ty did this on his own. I I, I believe, and I know he said he did not want to have to rely on his grandfather and it branched out and there were rumors a couple years ago of him um, branching branching out on his own and at one point there had been rumors of his retirement to take a, um, a office position with RCR. So it's good to see Ty kind of doing his own thing and not relying on his grandfather kind of like his older brother Austin is. But I digress when it comes to Austin because I that gets a, a heated conversation, um, knowing the history of the Dillon boys and, well, how Kevin Harvick kind of left RCR, and, and not the greatest of terms either. Um, but you have um, you have all that, and then on the IndyCar side, it was announced that Marco Andretti, um, IndyCar's version of Kyle Petty, uh, would be running a singular race um, in IndyCar, um, presumably with either Brian Herter Racing or his father's team, uh, Michael Andretti at Andretti Autosport will be running. Uh, just that as um, he, his time in IndyCar is slowly fading. Um, Marco, who came in with a ball of fire and a lot of hype, uh, being the son of Michael and the grandson of Mario, uh, just has kind of been mid-pack for majority of his career. I mean, he did win a couple of races here and there. 
Uh, he had that really strong run at the 2006 Indy 500 where he was beat out at the finish by Sam Hornish Jr. Um, Marco has inferred that he would be open to run some IMSA races, some sports car type races and whatnot. Um, and, and there's the long-standing rumor that Marco may uh, try a couple of NASCAR Xfinity races with Junior Motorsports, uh, something that was left on the table when um, for a couple of years now. That had been a long-standing rumor, um, and I, I think that might be a great pairing because um, Junior Motorsports, uh, Junior had to live in the shadow of his father, much like Marco had to live in his family's shadow. I'm not a huge Marco fan, but I think that um, this shows a lot of maturity on his level. Um, but Marco isn't hurt for money. He, he, he's not relying on a racing career to bring him um, fame and fortune. You know, just being an Andretti kind of did that for him, being born into it. Uh, kind of like Kyle Petty. Um, and, and their careers are very similar. They, they peaked early in their career and then faded to... Um, Oh, mid-pack back marker teams and inferior equipment and well um, Kyle found his calling um, in the booth I really do think Kyle Kyle Petty was very underrated uh, and he's certainly a personality um, I think he is no holds barred um, very honest and he, he was a guy who had a lot going for him and he's got a lot going for him with um, the Victory Junction gang um, which he helped found with his son, the late Adam Petty. And I think really there's a lot to be said about their careers. Like I said, they just kind of fizzled out as they got older. Um, and I really do believe that um, Marco also has a lot on the table um, with properties um, everywhere. Um, he co-owns a private jet business or is the sole owner I forget which as I said I'm in the mobile studio not gonna look it up but he's got a lot going for him uh, outside the world of racing so um, we have that but it's good to see at least an Andretti in the Indy 500 uh, this year uh, also another driver that will be making a return as possibly a one-off maybe more races is uh, former IndyCar racer Simona De Silvestre, uh, as she will return to the Yard of Bricks after being away for many years. Um, she was doing some uh, sports car racing with an all-female team along with um, running in the uh, V8 Supercar Series down in Australia, uh, the very popular series. Uh, so she will be coming back in a female-owned team. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but they will be getting support from Team Penske, so uh, she'll be running basically a Team Penske Chevy for this new team and and all. And I, I think Simona was one of the very underrated drivers during her tenure in IndyCar. Um, she just never got the right sponsorship and um, the right team to really show what she can do. Uh, she was much like Sarah Fisher, very a very good driver, 
Um, just never things fell into place and unlike Sarah uh, Simona when a lot of those spots had filled up she did not start her own team she just kind of went uh, and did other forms of racing um, so very undanica-ish um, and certainly was under the radar and I think I think she was one of the very underrated drivers in the IndyCar garage during her tenure there so it's good to see her back um, back at Indy this year. Um, other news and notes um, before I forget is uh, Tyler Gray, um, the 15-year-old who um, will be making their um, Daytona start. Tyler Tanner Gray, one of them, uh, will be I think it's Tyler, the younger one. Uh, anyway, he will be making his Daytona start, but finds himself in a little bit of hot water in the Arca Garage as he Snapchatted a video prior to testing um, from his phone in the race car. And that's something that's very frowned upon in Arca and in NASCAR. We do remember uh, Brad Keselowski facing penalties uh, while Instagramming. Um, from, um, from Daytona during a red flag uh, with his phone in the car. And I think, obviously, since thrown message, now Gray, you know, being that whole youth thing, I think this is a, a, a early black guy in his career. Um, he's facing fines and all. But I think, you know, if his career becomes successful, it'll be kind of not a non-issue. So, um... With that, we got that. Uh, we have Cole Custer, who has picked up Dixie Vodka, who uh, is was the official um, vodka of NASCAR, which, if you listen to many of the MRN races um, that are available on podcast, you can you'll actually hear that thing. That's the only reason why I know that. But you pick up sponsorship for them for Nashville in the road course at. Daytona in July. Uh, other real quick news blurbs is that uh, Scott Barcelletta, former racer who founded Big Machine Records um, and later Big Machine Vodka and, vodka and Big Machine Hand Sanitizer, has started his own team um, with help from um, SS Greenlight Racing. Um, big Machine Records will be the sponsor on there as they tabbed uh, Josh Buford. I don't know much about this young man at all other than him running a couple of races last year with sponsorship from Big Machine for SS Greenlight. Uh, they will be running in the Xfinity Series. Uh, so um, that pretty much wraps up all the news that there is going on. I thought the Tony Stewart thing took a lot of time uh, to really go through, really digest it. Uh, so. Uh, as for uh, everything else, we'll have more on that, and we'll have part three of my three-part series on racing in the NASCAR in the 90s coming up on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com backslash club kayfabe, and um, stay tuned for that. It's $5 uh, just to sign up, but that gets you a hell of a lot of content. Uh, it's definitely worth it. I'm a patron myself to the page and a contributor. Um, also, 
we have EPOP Quiznos to answer, and that's what um, NASCAR racers have actually ventured into the NHRA and competed in sanctioned events. Um, the first being last week's, um, part of last week's uh, Pop Quiznos answer, and that is the late John Andretti, who competed in top field events for Jack Clark in the 90s. Uh, Kyle Bush, or uh, Kurt Bush, former Daytona 500 winner uh, during the 2011 season, competed in um, the Pro Stock Division uh, with sponsorship from Shell. And the only reason why I remember that is because that's the only year he ran the Shell car for Team Penske, and that kind of coincided with it. And <laughs> Richard Petty, the king of NASCAR, had actually competed in several NHRA events in the 60s when the Hemi motor was banned by the organization and would move to the NHRA. And then quickly come back to NASCAR once it was reinstated. So that's all we got for this week. Uh, stay tuned for next week. We're going to have more. And I'm hoping to have a big announcement on next week's show. Um, with it being 2021, um, I got a big announcement. Um, so tune in, and until then, I will see you at the track.